Master Ralph Tory Basham, MD. Co-host Catherine Brandt. And Andy Brandt Bernard. We'll be right back. Tim Lammers. We got Maybe. Kristen Bird. We got Paul Anka. We got nice. lots of people. We'll be back with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, how long have you been at KQ? 36 years now. Wow, that's loyalty. Well, if I'm completely honest, it isn't the company that I'm loyal to. It's the listeners. I figured out a long time ago they're the only reason I have a job. Why are you asking? Well, we had another great month at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan. In fact, Burnsville continues to be the number one Nissan store in Minnesota. The loyalty part. Get to the loyalty part. Oh, yeah. This month, if you buy or lease a new Rogue or a Pathfinder from us, we'll give you an extra 500 off as long as you own or are leasing a Nissan. That is cool. Do they have to trade it? Nope. It's just a reward for being loyal. By the way, the new Pathfinder is fantastic. It's got a nine-speed transmission, and JLo says it'll practically pull the building. We also cut a deal with our good buddy Charlie Swenson, who's running a Nissan store in Chicago. He gave us some extra rogues. Because Charlie's such a nice guy. Well, Paul might have threatened him. Sounds like Paul. For details, go to Walzer Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan and claim your loyalty gift. Tommy, give him some Elvis loyalty. Thank you. Thank you very much. There are definitely things to avoid during a Minnesota winter, like licking a flagpole or waiting too long to replace that car battery. But number one on the list is taking a chance on your furnace. Hey, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, reminding you that a furnace clean and tune will improve efficiency, reliability, and peace of mind. Or maybe it's time to take advantage of Sabre's rebates and upgrade to an energy-efficient Bryant system. Don't take chances on your comfort. Visit SabreHeating.com. Sabre and Bryant. Whatever it takes. We are back. Alex is in the... I'm here. Sorry. She's in the studio. I've been on a child dance shoe extravaganza this morning. Trying to find pre-owned child dance shoes is not... Arch, we are ready for Paul. Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, Making Memories, which features the number one duet of Put Your Head on My Shoulder with Olivia Newton-John, My Way with Michael Buble, Andrea Bocelli, and You Are My Destiny with Il Divo. We... uh, they all just also just announced his 22-city North American concert tour. Well, we're going to have to get the schedule because he better be coming here is all I'm saying. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Paul Anka, how are hey you, there. sir? Hey, how you doing, guys? Good to talk to you. Thank you for having me on. Oh, God, it's a great It's an honor to have you on, Paul. We're not worthy, let me put it that way. Well, we don't look at life that way. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived... I, I've lived saying there's no one beneath me. I've had a great team, a lot of people around me, and it's a pleasure. And I've been coming to your hood for years and years, and uh, I think I might be in the area because the tour is uh, two-pronged. It'll be, you know, in October, November, and then next year also, which takes us into the spring. I think it'll be terrific. Mr. Anka, i got to ask you a question. Thank you. I, I can't look back. I can't remember when it was. I think it was on The Tonight Show. Yeah. Might have been a year or two ago, if you know what I'm saying, <laughs> or maybe a decade or two. But you were telling yeah. a story, and I was just fascinated. And I can't remember who it was, but I believe it was some of the some of the nice Catholic kids in the neighborhood, maybe Italians, which is why, I didn't, you know. Yeah. They used to call you Palunka, which I thought, you remember telling <laughs> oh, that? Oh, oh, I tell you what that is. You know, back in the 50s when, you know, pop music was in its inception, 
uh, traveled around the world, and I really loved, you know, going to these foreign countries. Well, in the 60s, when I, I, I uh, finished my uh, contract at ABC, um, RCA Victor, who I joined with Presley and all those guys sure. over there, uh, they said, we've got this big new record studio in Italy. I said, wow, I want to go to Italy again. And I went over, and I started recording in Italian, and, you know, we got real lucky, and we sold millions of records, and it was like my song, Oni Volta, was like the first number one million seller in Italy. But, you know, you're talking language, like France to Spain to Germany. And, mm-hmm. and in Italy, my name was like one name. Like, I'd go to a hotel, they'd say, oh, Mr. Palanca. Palanca, 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 Palanca. So that's all. The, that was it from the 60s on. So every time I run into an Italian from Italy, even in my concerts, Palanca. <laughs> that's where that came from. That's very true, yes. Paul, I'm yeah. telling you, Scott, I, I will never forget yeah. you telling that story. I thought it was just hilarious because, I, like I said, I grew up a nice Catholic boy. Well, I don't know about a nice Catholic boy, yeah. but, I, you know, I grew up in, a, yeah. in the culture. So it meant a lot to me. Man. I, I, it was a great story, no, no question. Well, thank you. As an altar boy, I had no vision that I'd be called Polanka six years later <laughs> when I got the record. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> His new album, yeah. Making Memories, features the number one duo to Put Your Head on My Shoulder with Olivia Newton-John, My Way with Michael Bublé and Andre Bocelli. You Are My Destiny with Il Devo. Just announced his 22-city North American concert tour. We got the schedule, and I will check that. Uh, it also coincides with Paul's. What does this say? Your 30th birthday? Is that what it says, Paul? Yeah, there's a mystery. It's not 80th birthday. It's 30. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's, what I, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. And to, yep. if you don't mind spending a little time talking about because because what is the deal with TikTok? You're huge on TikTok. I have no idea. <laughs> you know, years ago, years ago, you know, through I I only looked at my career in five year increments. You, you know, who knew what all this stuff right was happening? But um, I had no idea what it was. Uh, I found out through you know, some kids in the neighborhood who came to the front door and started singing, put it on my shoulder, and I'm going, okay, what's up, you know? They said, TikTok, TikTok, it's on TikTok. Everybody, everybody said, well, what's TikTok? I had no idea. <laughs> well, obviously, I got educated real quick. Sure. And now you've got, I don't know, 100 million downloads on this thing in the doorway, the silhouette. Uh, you know, you just have to be grateful, frankly, because, you know, I don't live in the past, and, you know, a lot of people that come up to me uh, and talk about, oh, the music today, and we don't like this. I, I look, I go, stop. You're talking to the wrong guy here. You know, anything that's happening today, you've got to look at it and understand it's here. And whatever the demographic is that wraps their, their arms around it, it's real. And you just got to get it, okay? And not criticize or be judgmental. And it's, it's this like you guys on your podcast, my son-in-law, Jason Bateman, just made a big deal sure. for his po- podcast. And I'm going on his and Rogan and, you know, who knew of podcasts right. years ago, right? No, you're right. And it's here and it's real and people eclectically live their lives and pick what they want that they, that's relevant, that has substance. So the whole TikTok thing, you know, great. Do what you want with it, you guys. You can run, undress, you can run down the street, you can whatever it is. Um, I get it, and I like it, and thank you, everybody, you know. No, it is a wonderful thing. One thing I, I have to tell you, uh, years ago, again, I was, let's mm. see, you're 30, so at the time I must have been 20, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, at least. So, at, least. <laughs> at least. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. But I, was, I would watch you on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson or The Joey yeah. Bishop Show or whatever it was. And I was as impressed yeah. the way you comported yourself. You didn't come across as a guy who thought he was a big... I mean, you've written... You, you wrote the theme song for The Tonight Show, did you not? Yes, sir, I'm guilty. <laughs> I'm guilty. That's a, whole, that's a whole other story, you know. It's a... Uh, you know, my business, is, it starts with a phone call, you know. Yeah. Uh, in this instance, I was doing a, a TV special, and uh, I felt it needed some comedy relief. You know, it was a sit and look at me for two hours on television, so... I, I said, send me some kinescopes back then. That's what it was. And yeah. <laughs> I looked at one film, and there's this guy, Johnny Carson, and he, the whole concept was he was a, he drank all night till about 4 or 5 in the morning. Then he went and did a kiddie show two hours later. Oh, God. So it was really hilarious, because you can imagine. 
So anyway, long story short, I hired him and we met and and uh, I met him in New York, I think a few months later and said, hey, John, what are you up to? He said, well, I'm going to do this TV show. It's on a Tonight Show. I may do it for a year. I went, <laughs> who knew, right? right. And uh, he said, I'm going to change this. I'm going to change that. And he said, I'm looking for a theme song. And I said, great. So I went in the studio and I did a quick demo. It cost me about four or 500 bucks. And uh, I sent it to him. And he said, God, I love it. I love it. He said, let me get back to you. So he called me back. And he said, you know what? I can't do it. I can't use it. I said, why? He said, well, this guy, Skitch Henderson, that's the band leader. He's been there for a while. And he didn't want some kid cutting in on his action. And I told John, <laughs> I said, that's terrible news. I said, well, you think about it. But by the way, John, I'll give you half of all the royalties. Oh. That was the catch that nobody knows. So I, said, I gave him half of the song because I figured if he's on a year, I mean, I'd rather have something. So uh, he he called the next day again and said, you got it, you're on. Well, did we know he'd be on, what, 39 years? 39 years. So yes, years. the answer is da 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 And uh, this one little ditty uh, called My Way. Gee, I think I've heard of that one. Oh. Yeah, that was another story. That was, uh, you know, I, I was the youngest kid in Vegas, and all those guys were twice my age. And, you know, Bobby Darren and myself and Frank Avalon, sure. we were these little teenagers doing this stuff. And we looked up, you know, it, it only went as far as the Rat Pack in Vegas. You know, there was no Beatles yet, and there was no Hendrix that changed it. And it was all about Sinatra, you know. And, uh, so I got lucky, and I started working with these guys, and he learned a lot, as you can imagine. And he'd always tease me, you know, through the years about writing for him. Well, of course, my writing chops extended to teenagers. I, you know, he would, it would have been a horse's head in my bed if I'd even attempted to give him something. So um, about four or five years later, we're in Florida, and he was doing a movie, and I was uh, singing the thumb glue. Oh, sure. And uh, he took me to dinner, and uh, he said, Kid, that was my nickname. We all had nicknames. You know, Dean was Dino, and Sammy was Smokey the Bear, on and on. So uh, he said, I'm quitting show business, and I'm doing one more album with Costa. And Costa was my A&R director who found me and made it all possible, and I introduced him to Sinatra. He said, I'm doing one more album, and that's it. I'm getting out of here. And he said, you never wrote me a song. So I went back to New York. You know, where I was living at the time, and, and I, you know, I just couldn't get out of my head. Frank Sinatra, a guy quitting, and um, I started writing around midnight. Big thunderstorm outside, and uh, and it started to flow. I sat there metaphorically and started writing it. So few were writing it, and uh, around five, six in the morning, I finished it. I called him in Vegas. He was doing his last Caesar's Palace show, and uh, I flew out, gave it to him, he looked at me, said, "I like it, kid." And about two, three months later. Get a phone call from Los Angeles. I'm in New York. And the operator uh, said, Frank Sinatra calling from the Sunset Sound recording. I said, yeah. He said, I take the call. He says, kid, listen to this. And he put the telephone up to a uh, speaker. And I heard it for the first time right there. And I started crying. I was oh. so happy. I just started crying, man. So it's gone on. I don't know how. You know, you get inspired and it's, you know, affected so many lives. I get letters from weddings to funerals to whatever. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those nights where it all came together, you know. Paul, the reason the reason I brought up uh, the Tonight Show theme song and My Way, and you just sealed the deal saying what you said. You started crying. When I watched you as yeah. a, you know, a young, young teenager, young boy, whatever, I always thought, Boy, he's such a nice guy. Being a huge star that he is, you always comported yourself very, very well. You never were impressed with yourself, too too much impressed with yourself. You were just a really good guest on the talk shows, I thought. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, it's... You know, when you start out like I did, and I had a great family, you know, my father and mother made a rest. I was Canadian, which is a different environment up there. And they just sure. pounded it into me. You know, they, they wanted me to be a lawyer. They didn't have any idea that this could happen. And, you know, everyone has to realize back in the 50s, you know, pop music was in its infancy stage. And, and I was this kid running around, you know, trying to tell people, you know, I've got some songs. They'd laugh at me. There was none of this idol shows and all of that. And I even broke into the backstage at a rock concert 
Fats uh, Domino and Chuck Berry. Oh, looking. God. Uh, so I liked him. I, I sang my song to Chuck Berry. He said, kids, the worst song I've heard. <laughs> 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 so I, I, I learned rejection. And the irony of it was about a year or two later, I'm on the bill with uh, Chuck Berry, you know, singing <laughs> Diana, which, uh, you know, in, in the, I was what, 56. You know, I went down during my Easter vacation. I had some money for my paper route. And, you know, I, I just believed. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another and recorded it in May. And all of a sudden, by August, I'm on American Bandstand. And just what I learned from the inception, you know, at that time was, you know, like my family's, my father told me when I left, you know, he, he just gave me a Bible and, and he said, now you just be nice to everybody, but don't trust anybody. Good advice. And <laughs> I realized yeah. that. As I got in this business, which, you know, was not the most favorable because you have all sorts of clients and what have you in behavior, I just said, you know what, if I wanted it this badly and I got it, I'm just going to keep my nose clean and deal with it the best I can because, you know, the fallacy is that, you know, people shouldn't look up to any of us because we're, we were, we didn't start sophisticated. Most people didn't in life. You get lucky and you're traveling on this journey just trying to deal with that kind of ridiculous success. I mean, here I was at 15, 16, earning $300 a week. Oh! I mean, $300. I mean, moving around, it was $3 a week with my paper route, right? Right. So it really hits you. And uh, then I became the youngest to work Vegas with the Rat Pack, and I'm going, and Mafia and all this stuff. And, and I was taught to behave. So... You know, I, I internally was that way anyway, because you just get a lot more being nice and, and appreciating what you got. It's just the way I deal with it. People make their choices and live or die by it. Mr. Anka, uh, my name's Ralph Basham. I'm on the podcast with Tom. You know, and, and uh, my wife had a brush with fame with you years ago. And, uh, <laughs> and this is, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good Italian uh, group uh, in Chicago uh, with uh, yeah. Steve Lombardo and Sweetwater. Oh, my buddies! I love that restaurant. And then now it's Gibson's, Gibson's yeah. And they, they, they I'm sure that you'll be dropping in when when you're there. But they, uh, she ran. She ran. Her name was Lindsay Kolb at the time, and she ran with Marilyn Lang and uh, uh, Gina Tomasano. Uh, where where, the, sure. where the, that that group where she was one of the the gals that were, were there sort of in the shadows, but she she remembers uh, seeing you and uh, visiting with you. She it left a great memory for her. So thank you. Well, you know, hello. I'm, I'm sure she's still around. God, she hopefully. Is. She is. Uh, that was my hangout. You know, Chicago was the key record uh, breaking city, that New York, Cleveland, et cetera. And, um, and I'll be back there, you know, on the October tour in November. And it's always been very special, you know, for me. And I've been going to Lombardo's restaurants for years, and uh, they have a great product and they're good people. And they were my partners. When I put up the first discotheque in Las Vegas called Jubilation, oh. and uh, oh. they really do a great job. And um, hello out there to everybody. Yeah, yeah, that 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 that's very interesting because I, I remember Lindsay talking about Jubilation and the involvement that he had there, and uh, yeah, that was that was very interesting. You know, um, his other friend was uh, first name Bob. Um, who ended Bob Martigo. Up, uh, Bob Martigo. He Bob ended up, uh, ended up finally marrying Marilyn Lang. And they live in Vegas now. That's so right. I'm sure you she know. was a Playboy bunny, wasn't she? Yeah, well, Playboy? She What's was a Playmate of the Year. Oh. Yeah, yep. Playmate of the Year, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. that. Uh, yeah, Bob married her, and I, I haven't spoken to him in a few years, but Steve I've been uh, very close to for many, many years. Yeah, it's a, it's a great bunch, great bunch of people in Chicago. Oh, the, the best. They're absolutely best. Steve is salt-of-the-earth guy, for sure, for sure. Uh, in all honesty, I, I like to tell the truth, Paul. I, I, I was never Playmate of the Year. I'm very upset. There's still time. Well, you know, you have something to look forward to, don't you? <laughs> That's right. It's right down You'll the line. You'll be Playmate of the Year if you want it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now. That's exactly it. You know, Paul, yeah, so, even now, I think it's a wider door for you. <laughs> what's, yeah, that's exactly right. Paul, the great thing about yeah. just sitting here talking to Paul Anka for me, and my, my wife is on the show, our son Andy and our daughter Alex, and the connection that I, that I make just talking to Paul Anka with my children here and my wife here, my mother, who would be 101 tomorrow if she were still alive, but she's not, 
She yeah. thought you were God. I will tell you that, pal. I, but I suppose a lot of women did. Well, listen, I'm not a god, um, <laughs> but certainly I appreciate. Uh, you know, look, I, I respect those that have, you know, just lived that long, full life because they're doing something right. Yeah. You know, I've always been inspired by them because you know, I've got a 16 year old and. Uh, I got a life that I'm living that I appreciate, so I do everything I can to uh, stay alive as long as I can. And uh, you know, the mothers of the world, and you guys that have them for a long time, are very fortunate. You know, I lost mine when I was 18 years old. Oh so God, that's sure. always been a tough one for me. But there, nobody liked them. You know, you you got to realize, as most of us do, you know, their purpose in life. Uh, along with, you know, hopefully having a life of their own is, it's just amazing. So my hat's off to all the mothers in the world and to you guys and women that have them. No question. Paul, is, how does it, how do you take it internally when people like Olivia Newton-John, Michael Bublé, Andrea Bocelli, Eldiva, uh, they line up to work with you? That's that's quite an honor, don't you? They, those are some of the greatest singers ever born. Well, no doubt. And see your assessment of their talent. You know, there's a lot of talented people out there, even this new demographic that's out there. Um, you know, I look at it from a professional side and a, a human side in that, you know, when you can find, you know, people in your business that want to work with you and do, and I've been, you know, blessed for years. I mean, from way back from Buddy Holly to Connie Francis through the years, Michael Jackson... And I've worked with a lot of them on my last album a few years ago, a duets album. So when it's Olivia, you know, an amazing, mm-hmm. an amazing human being with such a challenge with where she is health-wise today and known her for years to, you know, see how she, in the midst of everything, said, yeah, I want to do it. And, uh, you know, Michael, who was there in the beginning, produced, co-produced his first album and stayed a good friend of his for years. And who, what can I tell you about Bocelli? So when they come forward, like the last album had Willie Nelson and Dolly Parton. Right. It's great, you know. It's um, it's a warm feeling because it, it just kind of compounds your feelings about there's other people doing great things, like hopefully you are, and you're not the only one, and the nuance that each of them bring that is so unique, it's great to be a part of something that you can't do. I can't sound like Willie. You know, I can't certainly sound like Dolly, but... But Tom Jones, who I've worked with, you know, with She's a Lady, did very well for us. I was inspired because great artist, great voice. So it goes on and on uh, in terms of the relationship that you have with other people in your business. It's kind of a form of respect that goes back and forth from all of us. Did you? Was it your idea to put the... Now, now uh, Michael Bublé and Andre Bocelli are doing My Way. Are you on that recording with them, I hope? Oh yes, you know it's a. When I decided to do making memories, you know, with COVID, the good and the bad side of it, I was just mm-hmm. writing like crazy, and I knew I had to do my way because of the anniversary of the song. And I said, well, you know, I'm not ready to listen to myself singing it for four and a half minutes. So <laughs> I tell you, where it's kind of emanated was <laughs> a couple of summers ago. I was in Europe, and I, I've known Bocelli and met him, you know, years ago, and. Uh, he, he came out and we spent time, he and his wonderful family, and he invited us to his, his restaurant in uh, Fuerte de Marme. So we go, and there's a group of us at dinner, and there must have been 125 people, maybe maybe less, in the restaurant. So in the midst of the meal, they reeled the piano out in the middle of the restaurant. And he gets up, he goes over, because he's a piano player. He started in bars in Italy. Mm-hmm. He starts singing my way. He said, hey, but uncle, come over to sing this song with me. Now, you got a piano, Puccelli. People are eating dinner. And I went over, and I started singing my way with them, right? So obviously I'm saying, wow, this is something. And all these people, they would have paid $1,000 for the meal just to get this. They had no idea it was coming. Right. And uh, we finished it. It was just a you know, great moment. And when, you know, fade out, fade in, when I started with my way, you know, thinking of it for the album... I said, I got to get Andrea on here and uh, called him in Italy. Well, of course, they were socked down with 19. And he said, yes, send over the music I do for you. So he did it. (laughs) He sends it back. Now, Buble, 
calls because I keep in touch with him. His family was up from Argentina. Don't come on to dinner because we know, as I said, we stayed in touch. We get together. And I'm sitting there. I'm saying, well, wait a minute. If I got two, maybe I get three of us. I said, Michael, I'm doing the da-da-da-da-da. He said, yeah, I'm in. So that's the way it happens in our business. So within a, within a week, week or two, I had the two guys committed. Michael went in in the midst of his album and did it. And here I am in the midst of these two great voices, these great artists. And you got my way now with Buble, Buccelli, and Anka. So, hey, how lucky can you get? And how fortunate do you feel, right? Exactly. Paul, your producer said you have to move on. I, I cannot tell you what an honor it was to talk to you today, Paul Anka, ladies and gentlemen. Very quick Canadian story. Canadian Paul Anka, Canadian Michael yeah, Buble, oh. was very, very excited. Yeah. I talked to Michael Buble on the phone one time, and he said, hey, Tom, I heard something. I said, what's that? And he goes, you know hockey, Canadian hockey legend Lou Nanny? I said, yeah, he's a good friend. He acted like I was talking about God. Mm-hmm. The Canadian hockey players. <laughs> he loves them. He lo- wow. loves them. Isn't that so? Well, I'm a hockey nut. I mean, I helped bring the Senators, the you know, Senators. Right. At Toronto, mm. part of that. Uh, I, I, I apologize to everyone because they never about it. <laughs> but uh, they're, uh, you know, we were brought up like that. I mean, my backyard was, you know, I used to hose it down and I was playing hockey every winter. And uh, it's been a part of our lives. And I was going through all my photos because I'm doing, they're doing a documentary of, of my life when I started in a couple of months. And, oh, great. And I was looking, and I got a picture of Bobby Ho. Gordie Howe sure. and Wayne Gretzky and me in a one photo. <laughs> Ooh, and, I like and it. I said, man, I said, this has got to be worth something. <laughs> so I've, and Gretzky is an old friend of mine, but we love our hockey. And I mean, you guys do pretty well there. You know, yeah. you've oh, got yeah. your moments. We have our moments. Mr. Yeah. Anka, I hope we, yeah. uh, I hope yeah. when you're in town, I'll get a chance to come back and say hello. And just, again, what an honor talking to you, sir. Thank you. Well, thank you. And I insist, I insist on it. You know, we'll look you up. You come, you come back and see me for sure. We'll get it done, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Paul Anka, legendary. This guy wrote My Way. He wrote oh. the theme for The Tonight he Show. Wrote he wrote so many yeah. songs. He, we just should have said, who, the, the list who? would be far, far easier to get through. Who haven't you worked with? Yeah, yeah really. exactly. Who, who haven't you written you for? With? Speaking of famous musicians... Charlie Watts, Rolling Stones drummer, died today. Oh, you're no, kidding. I heard he was 80 sick. years old, yep. Same age as Paul Anka. Yeah, I yeah. didn't want to say that while Paul was no, on. No, it's pretty yeah, astonishing like, that oh, a Rolling Charlie Stone Watts made it to 80. Yeah, honestly, oh, it's true. That's remarkable. Yeah. Let's oh, just fold awful. up this year. Yeah. I can't... It, I hate that. When did the Rolling Stones break? 1963. Oh God, yeah. Was it that long 64, ago? 64, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sh- yeah. Long yeah. ago. First, first appearance in America. I wow. hate Mike that. Mike Douglas like, show. Yeah, the Mike Douglas show. Well, that's what show. happens when people start turning 80 and 85, 90, you know. That's what happens. That La is tida. what happens. Ixnay, they're telling Bop Bop that. Ixnay. You got a while before you. Oh, God, yeah. I was watching the kids this weekend, and we got into, in 10 years from now, I said, Fonnie will be almost driving a car. Yep. <clears throat> She'll have her learner's permit. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and what did they say to me? In 10 years, you'll probably be dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, well, oh okay, God. then. Statistically untrue. Probably. Untrue, but <laughs> I, uh, I have to tell you, honestly, God. <laughs> Thanks, kids. Last week, okay. I saw this uh, on the docket. Paul Anka was going to originally be on last week. And I saw it and went, there is no way we're going to have Paul Anka on the show. Paul Anka's a legend. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. Nicest man in the world, from what I understand. Everybody who ever knew him. Listen to him, yeah. Yeah, just a great guy. And I said, there's no way. And then all of a sudden he rebooks. And I went, Paul Anka took the time to rebook on the podcast. He goes, yeah, yeah, he wants to come on your podcast. To talk to Paul Anka, seriously, it makes me miss my mother right now horribly. Because she loved Paul Anka, man. Yeah. Put your head on my shoulder. She thought, although hearing Toots sing, put your head on my shoulder with that mm. deep voice. Put your head on my shoulder. And she couldn't like, really she carry a tune in a bag uh, either. No. Poor thing. No, she could not. I've <laughs> always wondered no, that. About people that can't carry a tune 
Do they hear the I music? Don't, yeah, I, the way I it's do coming wonder. out of their head, and Tone then why deaf. would you like music? Tone deaf people don't know. I don't think. <laughs> well, but it's like when they listen to music, do they hear what we hear? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, but then they yeah. can't just like find. hear a vague well, concept true. of music. Yeah, that's because a good idea. Somehow, some that, filter in the brain just yeah, makes it come out that's funny. That's a metaphysical argument. It is. <laughs> it's like yeah, when I see blue, do you see blue? Kind of thing. Yeah. It's yeah. like you know, we can't. We'll never know. But no, I want to ask about that. If I say that's blue and you say that's blue, I might not be seeing the same color you. That's, that's exactly right. what that's I mean. That's so funny. Yeah. You, yeah. It may be, you're maybe yeah. interpreting it entirely. You may be seeing it as red, whereas you know I'm seeing it. You yep. know, but we have a common common understanding that you've been trained that when you see that, that colors that. And that's mm-hmm. it. so it's an education process for your mind. It, it that's what always fascinates me about music is that some songs move me just unbelievably, unbelievably. Yet other people don't even want to listen to them. Yep. And there's other music, you the other people will listen to. Oh my God, they're crying over there. They go, ooh man, get that off. It's like you know, yeah. fingers on a chalkboard. Might not be hearing the same thing. You never know. Well, you're hearing it, but it stimulates your brain in different ways. So, all right, I gotta, we gotta take a break here. But let me. Some people do understand this. And other people go, oh, whatever. But if you had told me when I was, you know, 11, 12 years old, listen to Put Your Head on My Shoulder, someday, yeah, someday Paul Anka's going to want to come on your show. I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> That's not going to happen. What do you? I mean, honest to God, well, what it, a, just what a thrill that was for me. Really it, was. Uh, truly, truly, what a thrill. What an incredible person. So Catherine and I, two years ago, got to sit about 10 feet away from Tony Bennett. Watching him, that remember how mm-hmm. how he was moving around? He was like dancing and singing, and it, I mean, the guy's ninety two years old. I know, old and he was time. on his feet the entire show. The whole I thought show. I thought the show would be maybe a half an hour. Yeah, yeah. I think it was an, a, a good hour and a half, and he was standing and dancing. I couldn't do that. No, but honestly, God, to, to look back at my childhood and realize now all these all these people, you know, I never ever thought I'd be able to talk to Paul Anka. Toots is probably up in heaven going. You know, my son talked to Paul Hankin. (laughs) (laughs) Gabriel, you know, my son just talked to Paul. Yeah, right. That's more bad news. No, Watts had been diagnosed with throat cancer in 2004. Oh, wow. 17 years with throat cancer? That's actually a pretty good run. It went into remission, and he went and toured for another two years after that. Or more. I can ask the doc this one. We saw a movie last night called Twilight. Paul Newman, who's one of the greatest actors ever born, no question. I'd never seen it before. I'd never even heard of it before, but Catherine and I watched it last night. How about this cast? You got Paul Newman, you got Gene Hackman, you got James Garner, Susan Sarandon, you got Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon turned up in this movie. She, she was like a, a baby. She played a 17 year old. Huh. What? Wow. 90, like 96, 90, 90, 98. 98. Oh, I was geez. like, was what? she around that long ago? But I guess so. M. Emmett Walsh is in she the, the very beginning. Too. tries to kill Paul Newman in the opening scenes, and Newman ends up killing him. And the the and Stockard Channing was in it. I mean, all these the acting was spectacular. It's so much better than act. You know how today the acting is like, like Paul Newman would do this. Yeah, what I'll probably do is I'll walk down the street and I'll just go to that one door and we'll take care of it. Now it's like. I'll take a walk down the street, and mm. when I get to the... It's all over the top Well, now. everything's mugging for the camera. It is all yes. mugging yeah. now. You're absolutely yeah. right. So they're, they think they're on stage rather than in front yeah. of a camera. Yeah, it's stage acting. It's is way what more it is. It's, it's like, look like It's back to the... Uh, what was it? The transatlantic accent era? Where everyone was talking like this in a yes. completely well, made-up accent. Not yes. in the 90s. <laughs> That's exactly right. 90s? That was like the 50s. No, yeah. no I said this movie was <laughs> so, in the 90s. Like, oh. That, that's the British accent you pick up on a transatlantic flight to exactly. London. It was, it was yeah. actually yeah, a made-up right. accent designed to sound like a mixture between an American accent and a British accent because it makes it sound more like, you know, highfalutin. It does sound absolutely. So on the way out, I, the, one of the reasons I brought up Paul Newman was Paul Newman died in 2008 uh, of lung cancer. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Died of lung cancer in 2008. He quit smoking in 1986. Nice. Didn't he? He smoked a ton in this movie. He actually didn't inhale, though. Susan Sarandon did inhale. She did inhale, but and he Gene didn't Hackman inhale. And Gene Hackman smoked. Everybody smoked, yeah, right? Yeah, they, they all, oh, yeah. all might. People yeah, we couldn't believe it. It's like, you got a light, you got a light, you got a light, you got a light. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, is Timmy going to join wow. us after the break, Andy? What? Oh, well, I, I haven't heard. I don't 
No, I don't think so. Where the hell is Lammers? Well, he's busy. I I think he has the StreamYard link, so he's just going to, like, drop in if so. Oh. Okay. Well, again, I I cannot tell you how cool that was to talk to Paul. Yeah, he seemed like such a down-to-earth guy. That's what I loved him so much on the the Joey Bishop show, the Tonight Show, whatever show. He was just a very, very successful but a very nice man. So hopefully he comes to that. You guys want to come to the show when he comes to town? I looked at his concert schedule. He's not gonna, coming yet? Yeah, I, I didn't be. see it in Minneapolis. West Palm Beach, however. Yeah, West Palm. Uh, when? February. February 16th. We oh. get to go see him. Oh, Where is he going to be? Is he going to be at Kravis Center? Yep. Oh, We can walk to it. Paul, I'm coming to see you, Pally. I'm coming to see you. We'll take a break. Be right back with the family. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listener? Our customers at Homeco Insulation in Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. When they were referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member fdic and equal housing lender listen up drivers are you doing the same thing every day driving the same hours making the same money well stop and listen priority courier experts has a wide range of driving opportunities available right now so if you're a professional driver or determined to become one we can show you the benefits of partnering with priority hey forest can you tell the good drivers of the twin cities which vehicles priority has available in their lease to own program Well, I'd really like my friend Bubba to help me with this. Forrest, we have dock trucks, tractor-trailer trucks, flatbed trucks, curtain-side dock trucks, flatbed Moffat trucks, Ford Transit and Transit Connect Vans trucks. Hey, Forrest, shouldn't we have a shrimp truck? Bubba, I think you're on to something there. There you have it. Every kind of vehicle you could imagine, all doing same-day deliveries in town. Call Priority right now, and we'll get you on the road. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, two things. Um to have Paul Anka on, but what a magnificent day that was for me to be able to talk to Paul Anka. I've always admired that man because he's such a nice man. Everybody that you talked to when I was at Capitol Records or whatever, Paul Anka, one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to meet. You don't believe it because he's such a massive star. Yeah. You know, the guy's written every great song ever. But to talk to Paul Anka and to lose Charlie Watts in the same day is kind yeah. of a bitch for me. i got to be honest with you. No, that is kind of weird. Bittersweet, uh, bittersweet day. Charlie Watts, another very, very nice man. Very calm and very quiet. Kind of stayed to himself. Didn't get involved in all the brouhaha with, you know, with Mick and Keith Richards and all those people. Charlie just played the drums and went home. Charlie Watts has died at the age of eighty, which makes me very, very sad. Right? Yes, it's too bad. Um, Well, you know, the guys that just. Play the drums and go home, or the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mick, Mick will probably live forever. Yeah. yeah. Remember what Tim Tim uh, Palenti told us that he was over in India in some temple, and as he was going up the stairs, Mick and his his girlfriend or wife were coming down the stairs, and Mick's wife was about a foot taller than he you. liked. A, he liked a very tall supermodel type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, he liked him tall. Like a foot taller than Mick. Here he comes down the stairway. <laughs> Yeah, and he, and he was out. I, someone uh, t- told me a story in Antigua or one of the islands in the Caribbean. They were there at some beach bar and they're having a drink. And there, Mick, another table. They sat down, visited with him a little bit, and yeah. just like a regular kind of person there. I'm surprised Alex hasn't run into him because she's run into everybody. Sylvester Stallone. Oh, my, you know. oh my God, you're so funny. Stallone, uh, oh, God. oh, God, there's a good. There's a picture of Charlie Watts just popped up on my screen. 
He did not look healthy in this picture. No. Unfortunately. Well, he's had cancer for a long time. That's a pretty yeah. good run with. Yeah. Five-year survival rate for throat cancer. I mean, depending on the stage, of course, but it's generally not 17 years. Yeah. Look, yeah. Talk about the worst thing you can get as a singer. <clears throat> I mean, a music musician. <laughs> as a or drummer. An, or an actor like Val Kilmer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Fauci, speaking of Italians, Fauci has predicted that if everybody gets vaccinated in America, we could be back to normal by April. They've been promising that eight months every week for the past year. I know. All we have to, we just need two weeks uh, to wear a mask. We just need two more weeks of the shutdown. Two weeks to flatten the curve. If we we can get 50%, if we can get 75%, you know, if we could get 100%, you know, we could, you know, if you could wear a mask again, if you could, uh, you could wear two masks, that'd be great. Fauci just apologized for some misspeak or something or said something that he actually was called out on. I'd like to know how much money he has made from all of this. He's the highest paid government employee. He is the highest paid We're talking about other kinds of income. Yes, we are. Not the kind you you would necessarily pay income tax on. You know, honorarium donations into Swiss bank accounts. I mean, you know, or you know, oh, gee, you know, we wanted you to have this car. You know, just shows up in your driveway with a, uh, you know, title to you. Oh, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. Well, what a nice gift by your friends at Moderna. Yeah, or it could be as simple as he's going to write a book and he's going to make twenty million dollars off yes. of that. Yeah. Right. yeah, or he's made twenty million already. I'm sure he has. I can't even. Imagine. You know, they just released a new list of places you do not want to go on vacation because of COVID. Since we're talking about COVID anyway, Florida, a volcano. No, nowhere. Alabama. Everywhere in the United States is fine. There's nowhere. It's not in the United States. It's pretty much five or six places I'd never go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't even on the travel list. Let's go. Okay, you ready? Central African Republic. Well, St. Martin. I'd probably go to St. Martin. Yeah. Yeah, that, that I'd go there. I've been to the Bahamas. I did not care for the Bahamian people. They were not friendly. Remember how. What'd you say about Bohemian people? Remember what they. Remember how. Crab ass the Bahamians were when we were down there. Yeah, guy called good. Honest to God, I'm just walking down the street, and you know this is a podcast, so I can tell you he's sitting in the doorway and he's drinking from a, a bagged bottle. Right, bottles in a bag. He's drinking from it, and he's staring at me, and he just will not stop staring at me. So I try to engage, just walk. I keep walking past. I'm not going to stop, but I walk past him. I go, "How you doing?" And he goes, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> with two kids. We had yeah, two we kids. had two kids with us. Too. I've been to the Bahamas. I don't recall this. No, they yeah. weren't on the Bahamas. I don't. Yeah. They were, no, they weren't. No, yeah. I don't think so. No, we went to the not. Dominican Republic. No. Yeah. Then we stopped at the uh, at the Bahamas on that Disney cruise, that horrible, oh, horrible the, Disney oh, did cruise. We? No, That's why <gasps> we were there. This was a different boat. one, though, I think, wasn't it? Well, that wasn't me then, because I didn't go to the Bahamas. Oh, no, so that must have been the big red boat, the little red boat. Little red boat, yeah. Big Remember red that? Big red boat? Big we had to walk boat. to the other end of the island to go to a restaurant, which was horrendous. Yeah, only our our uh, vacation could turn into a complete shit show when we get home. The the big red boat was a disaster. A little red. I boat. remember a red boat. It was a disaster. It. it was terrible. It was awful. We I had remember, terrible, terrible seas. I remember hiding under a table to stay away from Goofy. I did well, not want to speak. to You didn't want to speak to Goofy. <laughs> I don't remember one second of that trip. You don't like remember most at trips. All. I remember like little fragments. This is why you shouldn't spend a lot of money on taking your kids places. That is very true. Leave them home with They're the babysitter. They're not going to remember. <laughs> Until yeah, the, like... the little red boat is one of the few vacations that we've taken that I remember absolutely nothing. Well, we we got home and I had filled out a comment card and I didn't oh, I didn't ri- I didn't rip them to shreds. But Tom on the air mm. at the time had told them that a story about that guy. Yeah. Yelling yeah. at our family, which Disney has no control over. No, but also uh, there was a there was a, some curdled milk Gross. at the yeah at the Yum. breakfast thing, and uh, yeah. there was really bad seas, and they didn't call you know they didn't warn anybody about that. Like, oh, yeah. go take your dramamine. And kids were barfing. In the elevators? There was vomit it everywhere. Was, I mean, it was bad. We should not have been out there in that ship. We well, should have been. They should have harbored us vomit. for sure. It, it was, was. It was puke-tastic. It is the big red boat, by the way. It I, is. It's, 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 it's I said boat. it was the no. big red boat. It's the big red boat. Anyway, it is now. 
No, and then there was curdled milk, milk. There was vomiting. There was all kinds of bad things happening. Are you sure the curdled milk wasn't vomit? <laughs> Could have been vomit. Somebody drank some milk. Anyway, so we we talked about that. Uh, he talked about that on the air, and some uh, employee of Disney Cruise Lines disgruntled called. I think CJ. Yeah, she did. And right. bitched about oh. what you said on the air because right. it was in contradiction to the comment card, which I did not know could be, you know, like read publicly. Yeah, she, yeah. she wasn't supposed to do that. And uh, CJ accused you of being racist because you didn't like going to where brown oh people are oh, because course. the guy called you a mother or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it turned into a giant thing. I still want to know the fact that I was the first morning show in America to hire not one but two black men to be on the show. How and could it I didn't be matter that he was black. He called you no, a name. That exactly. was the story. Yeah. It wasn't the fact that he had brown skin that was the story. Has not, I grew up with all kinds of. I don't give a rat's ass what your skin oh. color is. And you didn't Some say that. Wait a second. You didn't say that he was black. No, no I did not. No, so he wasn't. Say, yeah, he I, was white. Never yep, that's true. It was their microaggression against us. I was was walking in the Bahamas past an Asian guy. You know, yes. Uh, uh, but well, you, you, that that it's it's a it's a, a it's not racist at all. It has no racing implications at all. I was called a name with my two children walking around. I also mentioned this uh, on the air. Every meal we ate, the server hit me up for money. Look, yeah, that's a, very common on my the family. Islands. They're at home. Yep. They don't have any money. I'm Super like, oh, common. God. Oh, that was on the cruise ship? On the cruise ship, yeah. So uh, we should mention the reason that the seas were so choppy. Remember that uh, those three storms that came together up in New England? Oh, the, yeah. What was the perfect, perfect storm. The perfect storm. Well, the southern one passed right over our boat to get up north. Mm. That was one of those three storms. I've never heard of a cruise ship not going into harbor when oh. when seas are like that, yeah, ever. No, it was well, horrible. No, they, they're out in like, seas. Frequently. Well, they can't get anywhere. I, yeah. But we were right by the islands. They could have found some place to go. So Bahamas, I'm not going back. Haiti, <laughs> you can have. No, thank you. Yeah. Morocco, nope. Kosovo, no, thank you. Lebanon, nope. I would have loved to go on to Lebanon back in the day, but not now. Not now. So those top five, forget it. You can have them. And then St. Martin, I probably would go there, maybe. So is it, that's where they're, they're having the huge outbreaks? Uh, yep. CDC's travel advisories list for COVID-19 just received an update with six nations moving up to level four status, which means you should not go there. These countries you shouldn't be heading to right now ended up in the very high risk category means that these destinations have more than 500 new COVID cases per 100,000 residents. Why aren't these uh, small islands and small areas, why aren't they, like, all vaccinated? Yeah, why aren't they? Well, because because what I was, I was told to that Turks and Caicos, there's a large part of the population that are going to treat this with traditional beliefs and traditional medicines. And they are not going to get immunized. Well, before the immunization came out, half of the Germans said they were not going to get immunized. They just said, it. no, we're not going to get immunized. Half of them. So... I think that they changed all that. I think they mandated it in Germany. I don't know. I'm Ooh, pretty sure. Uh, I haven't heard anything. You start taking away freedom of choice. That's <clears throat> not cool. And okay. not, uh, they're yeah. doing it all over the place. Yeah, New York did it. San Francisco did well, no, well, They're kind of. Well, they're working on it. They're coercing people well, in yeah. certain yeah. ways. Yeah. Which could be argued to be the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Well, that's the narrative. It's like make it so horrible for them that they yep. can't leave their house that they will do it. Oh, I mean, I know people that didn't want to get it, but they just got it because they didn't want to be the only person at their office wearing a mask or the only, you know, like, oh, I'm one of three people at my office that has to wear a mask still. And now everybody's back to wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, <laughs> so and like, then if yeah. you're the only one wearing a mask, then everybody thinks that yeah, you're a QAnon crazy yeah. person. QAnon, yeah. Exactly. It has nothing to do with choice. Okay, yeah. full reveal. I didn't tell you guys this, but I did tell it on the air. I'm surprised nobody told you about it. Oh, God. Now understand that I was kind of a prick to the guy. I admit that right up front. <laughs> oh, okay, at least we're And uh, he was probably 50, 60 pounds overweight, something like that. So what I said to him... But he just would not leave me alone. I went to one of our our grocery stores that we love to go to, right? And I walk up, and this guy walks up to me and goes, why aren't you wearing a mask? Like that. Not like, why aren't you wearing a mask? Why aren't you wearing a mask? I said, what? He goes, you think you'd, you, you know, the leadership, you'd offer a better example. 
I said, what are you talking about? He goes, you should be wearing a mask, show some good positive leadership to the people that it's the thing to do. I said, well, I've been vaccinated. He goes, that doesn't matter. You should be wearing a mask so other people wear a mask. I said, what, what are you talking about? He goes, I'm just telling you. And he got meaner. When was this? What was that? When was this? A couple days ago. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated. Well, whatever. it doesn't. I'm just saying. All I'm, then he got he got angrier and angrier and angrier, and finally I'd had enough. And again, let me remind you, I know that I was a prick to him, but he <laughs> kept pushing. And he was about 50, 60 pounds overweight. I mean, just I just went through that, so it, you know, I understand. So I finally said, okay, pal, let me ask you a question. What do you think is more dangerous to your health, my breath or the fact that you weigh 800 pounds? Okay. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> he did not like that at all. I will tell you that. He didn't he say, listen, you fat fuck. Yeah, exactly. That's well, what I should have said. Well, yeah, you, 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 yeah. you are Another a perfect episode. gentleman, and you exercise extreme <laughs> restraint. See, perfect gentleman, thank perfect you. Gentleman. Thank perfect gentleman. Extreme restraint. I, just, I can't, I married him. He just wouldn't, st- he got angrier and angrier and angrier. I was like, would you just leave me alone? And it, and it does matter that you're immunized. Well, no, not because for Because then you don't get, well, I don't care if I spread it. Because if I spread it to someone who's immunized, they're probably not going to get sick. It's not going to be that bad a thing. Yeah, but I'm just saying the... No, no, it does make a difference. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying for the point of, like, I'm immunized, I can't spread it to people. Because no, that's I, what I, a lot I, of people used to think. It's yeah. not true I'm, anymore. I'm, I'm wearing, not wearing the mask because I'm not going to necessarily get sick. I can still get sick. You can still have, you can get bad. You can die from it. But the chances are so small, have reduced so much. That's why you're immunized. So no, you I'm don't get sick. It matters to him that he's vaccinated. It matters to my father that he's vaccinated because he has a less yes. Yeah, but, but doesn't protect other people from it him. Is what I meant. Uh, well, I, but, uh, that's why I got immunized. Yeah, for you. But yeah. a lot of people, yeah. a so, lot of people so like I'm to responsible. do. Oh, I'm responsible for myself. I, I 100% agree with you. A lot of people don't want to admit that it is a decision for you. If well, you're I, immunized, then you have a choice of either being immunized or choosing to wear an N95 mask so you're protected. Those are two choices. Yeah. And they're healthy choices. Both are fine. There's nothing wrong with either of those choices. Yeah. So that that's no, fine. I agree. And then, but if you choose mm. not to wear a mask and have not been immunized, well, then you're at risk for getting sick. Yeah. Yep. That's all you need Absolutely. to know. Absolutely, I agree. But so many people think. What? Ringo Starr tweeted out, "God bless Charlie Watts. God. We're going to miss you, man. Oh. Peace, peace, and love to the family." Yeah. Yes. Ringo's Ringo. a great guy, really. Ringo. He's another one of those guys. Had him on the KQ Morning Show. He's in London. We're in Minneapolis-St. Paul. I'm talking to him. All of a sudden, the line goes dead. But two minutes later, the producer goes, uh, Tom, Ringo Starr's on the request line. I said, what? He, in London, called and got the request line number so he could finish the interview. Called into the request line from London. That's the kind of guy Ringo Starr is right there. That's why he's always been my favorite Beatle. And i got to be honest with you, again, looking back to when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, if you had told me that Ringo started to go out of his way to make sure he could talk to me, I'd have go, that'll never happen. Yeah. It's, what a blessing. Uh, one quick question for you before we move on. What is Havana Syndrome? I never even heard of it. Oh, my gosh, I heard about this. Yeah, it's some... I heard about this. What is it? Fake thing, I think. Oh, it's fake? It's, oh, my God. I'm pretty sure, I just yeah. read something like Kamala Harris is, ago. Kamala Harris's plane had to sit on the ground for three hours because somebody had Havana syndrome. I've never even heard of it. So maybe, you know what? We'll take our break, come back. We'll, maybe we'll find... Maybe Kristen Burt will know what Havana syndrome is. <laughs> she we'll find might. It. We'll be back.